Welcome everyone. I'm your host Natalia and today we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy Dawson, founding pastor of Covenant Life Chapel, New Delhi, India. This podcast is going to help you set your faith on a rock to strengthen the inner man and deepening convictions. If you'd like to be a part of this, there are two ways. One, you could like, share and subscribe. Secondly, you could send in questions because we'd love to wrap up podcasts around your queries. Thanks again for tuning in. We're in our final part for the Overcoming Me series podcast. Welcome back, Pastor Jeremy. Tell me how you feel. Hi, Nat. So good to be back. And uh, I'm so excited about the way and direction this podcast has taken. Thanks to all of you out there who are sharing it and liking it and letting me know how it's been a help. It's so encouraging. I can't tell you. And thank you once again, Nat, for the effort and the team that has put in the effort into this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a blessing. Looking forward to today and what we have in store for our conversation. Love gives you grit. That's what you spoke about this Sunday. Can you expand a little bit more? You did give us a few synonyms, but grit with some examples. When we began to talk about love in the beginning of the series itself, one of the things we wanted to understand, embrace, come to terms with was the fact that we are not the authors of love. We are not the source of love. It has to be given to us. It's external. It is the love of God that gives us God's understanding, God's strength, God's wisdom. And also now today we're talking about God's grit, God's ability to hang in there, like the way he's been faithful with us. So I would put those two together. If love is something we have from God, grit is something we have from God. Today's mantra and everybody's chant that, you know, we need to hang in there, think positively, be strong, uh, be disciplined, self-discipline. All that is really good, but it's good on human terms, on the human plane, on human effort with regard to accomplishing anything for this life, in this life and with this life. But when you're living the spiritual life, you're living it in a different dimension, on a different plane, with different opposition. You're living it with problems and struggles and weapons that you wouldn't find on the regular plane. And grit is what we're talking about, that believers have to be able to go the distance, not give in, not you know run out of strength. Grit, you ask for a definition, would be just that hitting of the wall. You know, in a marathon, 26 kilometers, 13 miles or something like that, uh, when they run a marathon, there's something known as hitting a wall. All your training is geared towards that. There is this moment that comes about in the marathon, maybe even twice over. When you've passed certain, you know, segments of, of the marathon, you almost feel like, bang, you just hit a wall. Your muscles cramp up. You run out of steam. Something just freezes. I have never experienced that. I don't run. I've not even run from anything. But when you run in a marathon... The athletes tell us that you hit the wall. They call it hitting the wall because everything cramps up. There's excruciating pain. And the ability to bear that pain, to know that this was coming, this is happening, and this will be over soon. As soon as you pass that, the knowledge of the fact that you're going to pass it, the strength to be able to pass it, as soon as you pass that, you're ready for another 10 kilometers or more. That hitting the wall, that strength, that enabling in that moment for the long haul is called grit. Or and another example, I would say, of grit. Because 
It's it's what you already been doing. Like you've been struggling with a relationship for a long while now. It's not a new problem. But you get to that point where everything cramps up. Everything just kind of freezes. And you're like, I can't do this anymore. I just cannot. I cannot see another day in this situation, in this house, in this marriage, in this job. And that is the moment you need that grit. You need eternal perspective. You need God to just just pour strength into you. Breathe strength into you. He did it for Elijah. He did it for David. He did it for Joshua. He did it for Jesus. And he does it for us, each and every one of us. So that's the grit that comes tagged in to the love of God. Because the love of God comes with a whole lot of enabling. A whole lot of enabling. It's not God's feelings towards us. It's God's dispensation to us. The the strength he gives us, the, the ability he gives us, and the character he gives us to be able to be God to others, or rather to flow, let God flow and be himself to others, but through us. Oh, I just love the fact that it is not on me, you know, it's not on me, it's on God, but he just wants me to get out of the way. And grit gives me that ability. Wow, I think that was very relatable, because you spoke about how life is not a sprint, a marathon. So thank you so much for that example. It really, really made sense. One of the main pointers of the sermon was love does not get easily offended. And then previously, you also spoke about how there are some people who either don't get offended, they're just super chilled out, they just don't get easily offended. Either that case or they just didn't get it. So um, that was a little funny (laughs) to just see that little comparison. My question to you is how can people be in control of themselves? Love is not easily offended. Easier said than done. How can people be in control of this? How to not be offended because it's so easy to be offended. Isn't that what life is all about for us? I mean, Every day, that's what we're dealing with. The offense of traffic, the offense of smells and and uh, just a salt of characters and characteristics around us. Whether you're on the metro and the bus, you're just always dealing with that. Then there's relationships and conversations. Day starts off with something that you're just dealing with. And it takes you up to the midday to, to kind of get over what mom said or what somebody else said, you know, and you just, it, it affects you. It does really become the main thing, the main challenge we do in our daily life, overcoming offense. Like you said, it's easier said than done. What a glib way. It's just stated there in the scriptures. It says, love is not easily offended. That means it's offended, but it takes a longer period of time. And I often think about personalities and temperaments. Some people come across very chilled out. So they seem more forgiving, but actually they don't care. They've learned, it's a coping mechanism, but they've learned to not let it get to them earlier than the rest of us to whom it gets to very quickly. And some of us care about what is being said, how it's being said, a lot more than certain others. So I don't think we want to clap for those who are so chilled out that nothing bothers them. It's because they're not engaged. They don't have skin in the game. They don't have investment. They don't really have a stake in what's being said, done, outcomes, etc., and I don't want to congratulate them too early. At the same time, I don't want to, uh, you know, pander to the one to whom everything is an offense. Everything is a challenge. Everything is hard to swallow. Those are people who want to control thoughts so much around them that they literally want to control the words, the speech, the thoughts all around them so that they themselves are not offended. What is that? That's just using power aggressive 
verbal ability to communicate to control everybody else around you because you have the inability to control how much you're offended you have the inability to forgive to let people have a say let even people have an opinion so there are two extremes and of course none of us really fall into one of the two extremes 100% where uh, one day we're here one day we're there most days we're in the middle but that's the reality of it on one side i don't care well that's a coping mechanism because that way you won't get offended but then you don't care about anything anyway on the other side you really care about not getting offended so you control every thought and and word around you to the point where you are not uh, or so that you are not offended well even god doesn't do that god has the right and god has the ability to be offended but god doesn't do that imagine the prayers that go up every day imagine the things that people say to god imagine the ways oh, you don't even have to imagine that this is a number of times you hear a profanity you know a profane word and then god's word god's name right next to it the number of time jesus the word jesus how offensive is that to god leave it on us leave it on us who believe and love jesus how offensive is that to god so when we talk about grit or when we talk about offense that is one of the things you really want to get on top of if you can master not the art of you not being offended or not caring the two extremes but if you can master the art of allowing god to deal with what's coming your way i'm going to say that again allowing god to deal with what's coming your way use him as a pop filter use him as someone who's in front of you and when something's coming through you it bounces off god and when it comes to you it's already filtered through the love and the forgiveness that god has offered it's like god is playing chinese whispers and he's in between you and somebody else and that somebody says says something that's offensive to you and god says okay what i'm going to tell you that she said is really offensive but just just remember that you know i have forgiven her and you got to forgive her as well or this is why she's saying it or this is why uh, the situation or the perspective from which it's coming and he kind of gives you that wisdom he gives he hits pause so that you actually receive it and then he tells you what that person says right that's my example when he does that he does that as that filter in front of you where he allows everything that's coming your way to come through god how do you deal with being offended from morning till night whether it's the traffic whether it's the filth on the roads whether it's the difficult people whether it's characters you have to deal with work with collate with no matter what you put god first you put him ahead of you and he takes the heat he takes the brunt he takes the the impact and by the time it comes to you you're okay because it comes with god's ability when god says when he says something offensive god relays that to you with the ability to take it bear with it think through it rise above it hope you're getting what i'm saying everybody instead of spending my life my energy trying to create this callousness or around my heart trying to create a protective grid around my heart trying to brace myself and be defensive and be ready for something that's offensive that's coming my way because you know it's going to come that's that, that that's no that's a no brainer but when it comes rather than it you being the filter you know the the, the defense let god be that and when it comes through him when it comes through christ it comes not just filtered that i don't take it personally it comes along with the grace and the enabling to even deal with it this is a skill a believer learns there are times when you have to learn how you are positioned in god when you're positioned in god he takes the heat around you he takes 
life's hardships around you and processes it so that when it gets to you, you're able to deal with it with his strength, his presence, his promises. Then there is God in you, the, the flip around. When do I need to act where God is in me and I am allowing God to flow through me and he's filling me so that I am relating to others as with God's character? That's what you and I need to be giving our energy to. I hope that helps. Yeah, that was really, really helpful because we do live in this world and we have to interact with people and things and all. We're not really called into hermitism, so to speak. Uh, you just branching out from a little thing that you spoke about, a continuous conversation with God. So prayer. Is that also counted as prayer? Because a lot of times people are like, okay, finish your quiet time either in the morning or evening. But I do hear a lot of people also talking about constantly talking to God. Would that be prayer too? That is an excellent perspective. I love that. That is prayer. I mean, if there are 10 types of prayers, that's the best. That's the one that says, I want to bring God into everything. And in my breathing and in my thought, I'm constantly channeling everything back to God. I'm saying, Lord, you deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. You deal with this. I can try, but you've got it. It's like God being your invincible friend. People have invisible friends, but have God's, God's your invincible friend. He's right next to you. He's there with you ready to strengthen you. The scripture says, I am your ever-present help in trouble. I will meet you, because wisdom will meet you in the highway. Wisdom will meet you in the crossroads. In that moment, he says, you go, you go ahead. And in that moment when you need to talk, I will give you the words to speak. I mean, promise after promise after promise. So that happens in the most important prayer life, which is between quiet times, between quiet times, between uh, sunrises, you want to be able to keep talking to God throughout the day in your heart and working through, processing through what was said, what was done, how it was said, how it was done, why it was said, why it was done. And God gives wisdom. God gives enabling. God gives wisdom. God gives enabling. You wonder where peace of mind comes from. You wonder where calmness comes from. We talked about the chilled out person. He's chilled out because of a temperament. But being chilled out because... Somebody else is taking the heat for you constantly. You're spoken for. You're protected constantly. My invincible friend. And the conversation between you and that friend. It's amazing. And that is prayer. That's the best prayer ever. In fact, if that has been happening, all the other prayers will actually matter. Can I go on in the whole prayer thing? All the other prayers, you pray for the future, pray for you know a lifelong companion, you pray for wisdom for your aged parents, you pray for how, how you're going to deal with them, you know, you pray for finances and resources. All the other ones actually spawn off that everyday conversation, that every hour conversation with the Lord. So do that. I mean, that's amazing. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. One big thought for today is love keeps no record of wrongs. You mentioned that how we latch an emotion to a memory most of the time. How do you think we can change that? Because a lot of times when people go through hurtful, painful things, they feel that pain years later too. You did say we'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast. We'd love to know more about it. Well, that's scripture. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't say you don't keep any record of wrongs. You do, but love doesn't. So when love, grit, what comes from God is given to us, when we have love, it releases us, it frees us from the need to keep track, to keep count, to keep score. It releases us. Do you know why we keep score? You know why we keep count? It's because we have limited patience. We call it budgeting. We have limited patience. We have limited uh, endurance. 
we know we cannot go too long with this one guy, with this one way of talking, with this situation or whatever. You know, we know that we are limited. So we look at our limited amount of, let's say, grace or our limited amount of patience with a child or with a colleague or with incompetence or whatever. And we start counting how many offenses will wear me down. It'll wear me out. And then you come to the end and you're like, I've run out of patience. I've run out of out of grace. I've run I can't do this anymore. So the reason why we keep count is not so much that we're counting another's offense, but we're actually measuring our own inability to deal with the endless offenses which we just recently talked about. The endless, you know, barrage of issues that we have to deal with, people we have to deal with. When you realize that your tank, your storage, your resource pool of strength, wisdom, patience, endurance is not your only reservoir. It's not your only uh, source. You have a God right next to you, your invincible friend, your eternal friend, you know, someone who's always there and always got more than enough. Immediately you start borrowing. Borrowing becomes using. Using becomes owning. And then you're like, okay, I leave mine. Let me just switch tanks. Let me just switch cylinders and let me operate in the spirit. That's what it's all about. I operate in the spirit. And now I begin to see that God's resources are endless. God's energy is endless. God's enabling is endless. And then I begin to switch to that. So coming back to your question, here's where God's powerful, miraculous work goes to work. First, you got me budgeting my patience out. That's why I keep count. Now, God gives me an endless supply of patience, endless supply of of endurance. So now I don't need to keep count. Get it? So love doesn't keep count because it's endless. It never ends. It's it's perennial. Now, when God gives that to me, it comes with healing. It comes with healing. So imagine the things that you have been deeply offended about. Your younger years, your formative years, your teenage years, your identity-forming years. Imagine the years where people stole from you, took you for granted, or robbed of you in your self-worth, In whatever way, things that you blame are the reasons you are the way you are or do the things you do. God gives you the ability to forgive with the love that he gives you, with the grit that he gives you. He gives you the ability to forgive. When you have forgiven that, and by the way, my friends, you don't forgive a sin. You forgive sinfulness. You don't forgive a sin. You forgive sinfulness. You forgive anything that came your way which is offensive because you are filled with God's love. If you started counting everybody's sin, God would do the same thing with you. So you don't want to go down that track. Now, God has forgiven us because we're sinners. We forgive people because they're broken. Get that? So once you have forgiven that, the healing that comes with God's love just absolutely erases the emotions, the hurtful feelings, or the the sense of being betrayed, or the sense of anger or the sense of bitterness that came in that moment because of what was said or done to you. So just like the need for keeping score is redundant, the healing removes that emotion. Now the emotion is redundant. Emotion is removed. And when the emotion is removed, I can remember what happened to me in school. I can remember what happened to me in my youth uh, while I was a kid, but it doesn't hurt that much. It doesn't hurt. In fact, it doesn't hurt at all after a period of time. And when it doesn't hurt, then again, I don't feel I I need to keep count. Because what you did to me last time doesn't hurt anymore. What I endured last time, I'm not, 
I'm not relating to you now on the basis of what you have been to me before, what you've done to me before. It's not piling up. I, it's a new day. It's a new relationship. It's a new chapter. The sun has risen, new morning mercies. I, I'm, I'm good to go. I can start afresh day after day after day with the very people who contributed to that, to that pain in the past because the emotions have been released. So number one, I, I'm freed from the limitation of my patience and my endurance. So I don't need to keep score. And number two, I'm freed from my emotions from the past. So I don't need to keep score. And that is why love doesn't keep score. Wow, that was quite insightful. And with that thought today, we end the podcast. Thank you once again, everyone for tuning in. If this series has been helpful, please take it forward and share with at least two or three people you thought about during this podcast. Like, share, subscribe, send it to someone. You can email us at psgjarmi at gmail.com with any questions or comments. We'd love to hear from what you got out of it. And we'll see you next time.